Welcome back to another edition of Horror 365. I am your host, the mouthpiece of the Northeast, Jimmy J, alongside, of course, the South Jersey slasher himself, South Jersey Jason. Today, we got a very special guest, Steve Merlo. Steve, welcome to Horror 365, and excuse me for that. Man, that was great, actually. I loved it. Thanks yeah, for having good. me on. It took us a while to get you on. You're a busy man, but uh, we finally got you oh, on, yeah. and I've been waiting a while to talk to you because you know jimmy and i you know i'm real big in the friday the 13th franchise i i do have you know i do like texas chainsaw massacre and the friday fan films is just oversaturated with you know every week there's a new fan film being announced and it was just like a breath of fresh air to see another franchise get some fan film love and that's what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about your upcoming uh Texas Chainsaw uh, fan film, but first, I asked everybody this initially. What was it? What was it that got you into horror, into the horror genre? What did it for you? Ooh, well, I have to take a trip with you a long ways back into time. <laughs> um, you know, um, growing up in the eighties, I, I am a child of the eighties, so I mean, uh, that was when slashers were huge, of course. Uh, my brother was uh, my older brother, Alex, was always a big fan of Freddy. He's a he was the most massive freddy fan ever and you know i thought okay he's kind of cool is you know whatever but uh you know we we're just little kids i'd, I'd never I, I don't think i actually watched a freddy movie till i was at least eight years old but you know you'd see him on tv and they had commercials and stuff for the freddy tv series that was coming out at the time and all that kind of stuff so i thought okay freddy's pretty cool but eh, i don't know i think they there could be something scarier and then in in Halloween in, in 1988, Halloween 1988 came Halloween Four, the Return One of, of Michael favorites. Myers, and th this was the first Michael Myers Halloween movie that had come out since 1981. So I I had missed all that because I was too young in 1981 to know anything about horror. Uh, so I seen Michael Myers for the very first time in these commercials on TV, uh, and I thought, now this is my kind of horror icon right here. This this masked dude with the blank pale face and i thought he was spooky as hell so i think i think uh i think that movie has to be credited as the, the first thing to really get me into horror was the return of michael myers uh, from 1988 even though i hadn't seen it until i don't think i actually saw the movie till 1991 i want to say and that fact, movie, the very first halloween movie i saw was halloween three <laughs> you, you know i gotta tell you man not that's not not many people say that Halloween 4 got him into the horror genre. And that's one of my personal favorites. Uh, just the whole theme, and I spoke about this uh, on a previous episode, the ambiance, mm -hmm. the theme, the feel of it. That's really what did it for me. It brought it back to like the Halloween roots. Um, and it, does this fall on one of your favorite Halloweens of all time? Definitely. It's definitely uh, in my top four. Uh, that and Halloween 2 kind of battle for, for the third spot, I would say. Okay. Whereas, you know, I, I'll get a lot of flack for this, but Halloween 3 is my second favorite. Uh, a lot of people don't like that, but I well, absolutely love Halloween 3, even though it's not Michael Myers, you know. Yeah, we've had, but, we've had this discussion before, like, oh, over yeah. time, like, Halloween 3, Friday 13th Part 5, it mm -hmm. has a its own cult following, and oh, yeah. they're actually, uh, they're making a fan film uh, follow-up to Halloween 3, which I think is very cool. I'm a producer on that film. Unless, Are you? Unless it's, a, unless it's a different Halloween 3 fan film. No, nah, that's the only one I know about. What's the title of it? The Third Channel. That's it. Yes. Yes. That's yes. very, I've very read nice. the script. I've read the script. 
I'm very excited for this film. It's not what people are going to expect, okay, but in a good way. I think it's, uh, you know, and I think that was what one thing that I really loved about Halloween Three is the whole movie was kind of not what you're going to expect, right? And uh, you know, it starts off very mysterious. That whole movie starts off very mysterious. You don't know what the hell's going on. What is actually happening here? And the, how the layers kind of unravel as as things go on. I think that uh, I think it's fantastic. It builds suspense perfectly, and yeah. you know it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's a Halloween movie, and I think that's what I think that's what people forget. These are Halloween movies. They're not Michael Myers movies. Right. They name the series Halloween so that they can explore all kinds of Halloween stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just too bad that Michael Myers just became as popular as he did, and now. Now we're now I think a lot of people like myself are kind of sick of him. He's kind of now he's <laughs> you know he he's uh, he's a legend though. <laughs> you know, he's I mean, a legend, <laughs> and you know we'll talk about about a little bit later about Leatherface. He's a legend in his own right, but unfortunately, they just couldn't get give him a proper sequel. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I <Yeah>. know. <laughs> <laughs> How many so, sequels later? Yeah. When are they going to get it right? I don't know. <laughs> um so growing up did Talking you have <laughs> did you have aspirations of being a writer and a director a little bit i think you know early, like very young age i was always kind of writing my own stories and, and whatnot and little short stories here and there i uh, never really got into screenwriting until i hit my 30s but i always had these short stories and i thought okay i've always wanted to be in the film industry i love love i love movies and i love storytelling and it just you know, I, I had to meet the. I think I had to meet the right people because I met my my now wife uh, when I was 32, and uh, she basically said, "You're so you have a passion for this. You got to do it." You know, it didn't matter whether, you know, I was going to make millions of dollars or or lose a lot of money doing it. Which you know, you, when you become an indie filmmaker, you spend a lot of money. That's just mm -hmm. the, the fact. It is an expensive hobby. But, you know, it was the, I think she liked that I was really passionate about it. And it didn't matter that, uh, that, uh, you know, I, it was going to be a long road to, to anything, really. And uh, it has been a long road. I have spent a lot of money making short films and, uh, and, you know, learning curve. It was been a huge learning curve. I made some really crappy films that were expensive to me and, <laughs> and it, but at the same time I'm, I'm learning i've been learning as i go and i think uh, that's what has has kept me going is that uh, i love the learning process a lot that uh, i'm not afraid to make mistakes and boy have i made a few I'm, i bet i'm gonna make quite a few mistakes making this movie uh, this will be a huge learning curve yeah exactly you know, we, we make yeah. mistakes and and you know you learn you learned a lot of different trades i mean you wear many hats uh writer director acting what is sound department? I, I looked into your resume, mm -hmm. casting director. Steve, what don't you do? I mean, I got to know, though, did you go to school for Ooh, any of these or you just you just learned them? No, no, I just kind of learned and a lot of the things I have had credits for. I'm not really good at, <laughs> you know, uh, but I mean, first and foremost, I, uh, the first profession I ever had was a professional musician. And I I've been playing professionally for over 20 years. What do you play? And I think a lot of my artistic stuff kind of stems off of that. So, uh, like, I, I've I've played weddings, I've played uh, I, I've played all kinds of venues and stuff like that. I've opened up for bigger named artists and 
And, uh, you know, I ran my own music school for a number of years. Uh, and it just, uh, I just wanted to do something different uh, artistically. And, and I've been willing to try everything, but I, you know, at the same time, I, I know I, I do tend to find there's definitely certain things I'm not good at. I'm not much of a camera guy. That is definitely a, a weak point. I'm not, you know, nobody's going to hire me on a set to be uh, a cam op or a d director of photography. It's just not going to happen. It's not my forte. I don't understand lighting very well. I don't understand how to set up cameras and stuff very well and do proper focus pulls or any, any of that kind of stuff, you know? So, you know, I'm truly am an actor's director. I, I'm best with that and trying to get to the best out of the actor's performance. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. I just enjoy the process. It's a lot of work, but I really enjoy it. Even right now, the pre-production stuff I'm doing right now is a ton of work. And there, you know, it's, it has to get, it's really hard for me to do it all from Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing all the organizing and stuff like that. It's like, I'm juggling a lot of stuff and I'm in Canada trying to do this stuff that's getting done in Texas. Uh, Take but, trips over uh, there would be extremely costly. Oh yeah, I mean, part of me would like to be able to do that. Would like to be able to just fly over there and and get the job done, but I can't really do that. We just don't have the money to do that. The name of your uh, fan film, Sawyer Massacre, correct? That's right. And uh, so, again, as we were saying earlier, this is uncharted territory because I don't know off offhand if there's any friday or i'm sorry friday 13 that's why <laughs> there's so many friday 13 fan films texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre fan films if they're out there i haven't seen any however you have to <laughs> oh well if you want to message me some some I will. if you're on youtube please there's one copy. there's one that i like we'll, we'll okay. just say that there's one that i like and the rest are kind of there's a few that are kind of meh and then there's some really really bad ones that you know look like they were shot on somebody's cell phone and yeah. didn't know what they were doing so yeah i mean so i mean uh but there is one that i actually really like and what's the name that. of it uh, that's called texas chainsaw massacre the last roundup rolling grill okay okay and is that is it like its own storyline or does where does it fall in like the it universe falls in the it falls in the day before the original that one. Oh, okay yeah Very so nice. it's kind of cool it's a prequel sort of Okay. Uh, and yeah, I think you'll like it. They okay. they did some things very well. They were really tight budget, but they okay. did shoot it in Texas. I give them I give how, anybody how, credit that shoots their film in Texas. <laughs> how old of a film is it? I think it's a you know, three years maybe now. I think okay, it, it's about three years old. All right, and, so uh, um, that would be the best one in my opinion. Okay, yeah, text me that mess that because I'll sure. probably forget it by the time we're done uh, talking. Uh, so again, this is uncharted territory for fans with the uh, Texas Chainsaw fan films as it's not oversaturated like some franchises. However, uh, your very first short film was First Annual Barbecue. Uh, talk <laughs> yeah. to us about that. And where can we find this if it's on YouTube? Uh, it was on YouTube, but it did get taken down, I remember. But uh, I, I do have a copy of it somewhere on a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> uh, and that was my first Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film. Okay. Um, that was me diving into the film world and not knowing anything, literally nothing. And just, uh, you know, I had 1500 bucks and let's just see what we can do with it. And I wish I knew more when I made that, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of getting another opportunity here to, to make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film. But, uh, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was ambitious. You know, the film ended up being about 30 minutes. Uh, but, you know, the original script was was quite long. So I had to mm-hmm. cut a lot of stuff out. I had to cut a lot of characters out that I didn't want. And I'm bringing some of those characters back for the Sawyer Massacre because I was really bummed that I didn't get to use a lot of those characters. And, uh, you know, I always had that script for First Annual Barbecue. And, and at some point, I remember I changed the title and changed the storyline a little bit. And uh, it was it was called then I cha- the name was the Pickford House Massacre, the old Pickford House Massacre. It was kind of a nod to a to a serial killer here in Canada, in Western Canada, the Picton. It was kind of the, the name. Mm-hmm. But then somebody who was re- who I let read the script when we, he was, I was getting notes on the script and everything, he said you should just call it the Sawyer Massacre. So it eventually became that, and uh, you know I. I didn't know if I wanted to call it the Sawyer Massacre at first because I didn't know if I wanted the Sawyer name to be in, in the movie at all. Because I kind of like the ambiguity of the original, not knowing who these yeah. people are. And that's a big part of it for me. But, you know, as soon as I changed it to the Sawyer Massacre, everybody, everybody went crazy for it. Everybody, right. everybody loved the title. Yeah. So uh, the old Pickford House Massacre didn't seem to be catching on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we changed it. Uh, but yeah, going back to first Daniel barbecue, you know, I made that film in a few days. I think we spent about three or four days making that movie, uh, end up with a 30 minute film and, you know, I released it online and, uh, got a lot of criticism on it. Uh, and, and I kind of remember getting that criticism and, and feeling like, oh, okay, I guess I didn't do a very good job. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't. <laughs> I, totally didn't. I hey, know honest. that now. I can I can watch it now and and kind of get a kick out of it. But at the same time, I knew that I did achieve some stuff in there that were actually. I knew that there were some tough achieve, achievements that we did in that. I said, I'm going to keep doing this. So I continued on with filmmaking, tried some other films, learned my craft a little bit more, and. Um, you know, I still look back at, at first annual barbecue and say, Jesus, this was my starting point. It's uh, it's got a lot of issues, but at the same time, it could have been a lot worse. And, uh, you know, I think we, uh, I don't know. I think there is still something special about it. I hope I can find the hard drive. It's your first, you know, it. it's always going to be near your heart. You know, it's your first one. Yeah. Maybe uh, like when you release the, uh, the film on DVD and Blu-ray that could be like a special feature throw it in that there. would be cool if I yeah. if I threw first annual bar you'll see yeah. some similarities between the two movies mm-hmm. and, so uh, Steve, yeah I, I mean Actually, Steve, uh, when, when did you decide to write uh, this film the story massacre and what was that process like for you that's a good question you know because after I did first annual barbecue I thought well okay I did my fan film I'm not going to do it again I'm just going to focus on original stuff and I I was doing that for a while. I did a did a mostly short so, and I wanted to do feature length films. So, um, I was kind of at a standstill moment because I wanted to get this other feature funded that I was uh, working on. The screenplay was like a finalist in a couple of uh, festivals and stuff like that. So I really wanted to to get that one made, but you know I wasn't having any, any luck with the funding or anything like that. So uh, I ended up. Um, connecting with somebody on youtube it was a youtuber i can't uh, his name is andrew something i can't remember his last name but uh he had a, he has his own youtube channel and he made a comment about the new texas chainsaw massacre it was just as the news got released that uh that uh 
um, whatever company's making the new text chainsaw massacre. I think it's uh, legendary. Legendary mm-hmm. making it. It was just as that news was was released, and he made an announcement about it. So this was back in 2000. This would have been early 2019, I think. And I just commented on his YouTube channel, say, I wrote a Texas Chainsaw Massacre script a while ago, made a a not-so-good short, but I always had this idea that it could be great. And he messaged back and and said, I'd love to read it sometime. (laughs) I'd love to read it and maybe give you notes. And it just kind of got the wheels turning from there. And, and, and then all of a sudden, I, you know, I, I thought of something in, that I could do in the script that would make it better. I don't want to say what that is because it would spoil, but I always felt like there is another, like there could be another angle with the Sawyer family or the, or whatever the, whatever you want to call the family. Um, you know, that there could be an angle with them that would make them more terrifying. And I just could never figure out what that angle would be. And I don't know, when I was uh, consulting with this guy, I, it just came to me. And uh, and I actually got to a point where I thought the script actually was not bad, you know, because I was struggling with the script. You know, I, ever since first I was doing first Daniel Barbecue, we went through so many, uh, so many different uh, drafts. Yeah, a lot of different drafts, and I was never satisfied with. I was never. Ha- I'm like, I'm missing something. I'm not doing something right. There's, there's got to be something that's going to make this work better. And then all of a sudden, something hit me, and then it made me think of how I'm going to end the movie too. <laughs> and the, but I said, no, that's too on the nose. That's going to be too much. But I, uh, then I, but then I still ended up doing that too because <laughs> because I thought about it a different way. And I and when I changed that ending, actually, those who read it agreed it was a good ending. So again, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I think the ending might might surprise a lot of people. I think. What can you tell us about the film without spoiling it? As far as the Um, plot, as far as as far as the plot goes, I mean, it takes place in 1965. Uh, on my birthday in 1965, by the way, June 30th, 1965. I don't know. I just, you know, it's a good date. I think the, I think the dates. The it's good to have dates in Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. It's like yeah. a news headline, yeah. right? So yeah, I ultimately decided let's just. I'm just going to choose my birthday. Damn it! <laughs> so I did. Um, but yeah, it takes place in 1965. It uh, the protagonist's name is Jimmy. Um, Jimmy is kind of a he's I would say he's kind of a shy guy he's a, he's uh he's recovering from something that tragic that happened but he's trying to always put on a happy face so it's kind of his experience that allows him to recover from his past but however he's got a new new terror in front of him sort of thing so um yeah, but uh, that's about. I don't know how much I can really say without spoilers. That's, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. So it's a prequel to the original. So it takes place about what uh, four eight nine years. years? Eight years. Okay. Eight years. Yeah. So let's take a break from our questions. I want to pick your brain about the franchise itself. Um, sure. How old were you when you were introduced to uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Originally, I think it was about six. All right. <laughs> but, oh wow! I hadn't I hadn't seen it or anything, but I, I you know at the time I, I it could have been, you know, like a a commercial for Texas Chainsaw Massacre two at the time or something like that. But I feel like it was the original, and I believe I was at my cousin's house and uh, and there was a commercial or something or a clip or something that they were watching. 
and I was I saw this guy with the chainsaw and I'm like oh my god well who is that guy and uh they just told me that his name was Leatherface and mm-hmm. I'm like oh that's a spooky name you know what's what's going on with him and they, they proceeded to tell me he wears his victims faces <laughs> you know and I, I that always kind of gave me nightmares in itself so that was sort of my first introduction uh just okay. a little clip and and okay. nothing more but other than some insight as to to, to who Leatherface is and I, I I ended up seeing the movie I don't think it was the full movie mind you but I ended up seeing the original when I was about 12 okay and uh, a lot of the a lot of, again I don't think I saw the whole thing I, I saw the scary bits so <laughs> but uh, I don't think I understood a lot of it at that time so I mean I even though I thought it was a scary movie I didn't understand a lot of the subtle things that uh, were going on in that film Mm-hmm. So, it was a very raw film. Oh, very raw, very yeah. very raw. Yeah. What was your, things, what was your favorite um, kill in the original? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, the very first kill is very very impactful to me. Yeah. But I mean, I, Pam hanging from that meat hook. There's something, even though officially she, she's not dead. Well, right. she, You know, you never really see her die, but there's something just and watching her boyfriend get sawed up as she's hanging there. Just, yeah. I think the thought of you know if you were there, you know, if you were in her place and you had this hook, you were dangling from this meat hook, and you could see your loved one being cut in half in front of you, and uh, I don't know, it's just there's something really really terrifying about that to me. Yeah. knowing that you're 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 definitely you're, gone you're helpless and you're watching time. yeah yeah there's something about that yeah the scene that made me jump obviously when we're first introduced to leatherface but it's when sally and franklin are franklin, yeah. in the woods and he comes out and kills franklin now i was happy when that happened because i could not stand franklin <laughs> he was oh people he was, can't, i don't yeah. i love franklin i i don't uh, know I, <laughs> I can see why people don't like franklin but you know I don't mind him. I don't mind Plus, him. Like I heard he do. wasn't the best to work with on set. I've heard so. that too, but yeah. you know, because he was more of a method actor, I guess. Yeah. You know, he was always yeah. in character, and that I yeah. could see that getting annoying. But you know, at the same time, it, right? It added to his performance, and I, I feel like I got a genuine character out of him. So no, no matter what, I feel like I've known that guy, and I think yeah. that's that's why I still like Franklin, even though he can be a little bit obnoxious yeah and you know who i wonder about who's probably still running through the woods is the truck driver that threw the wrench at leatherface where did he go <laughs> yeah that's i wonder what happened yeah always because you see i think last shot you see him from the profile angle of him running just running down the street yeah and you never see him again after this. so what happened to him you never know maybe you know it could be maybe it was uh what was the character's name in uh part three um he was like the uh militia guy i can't remember his oh, name yeah. oh, maybe that's dude. him <laughs> could but, be okay. so we go from a we go from a raw film of the original to um, i think a very campy sequel are were you fond of the sequel the first sequel personally no yeah <laughs> if i'm being honest i know it's got its fan base and i want to like it but it's just it's so far removed from the the uh, realness of the original, I guess you could say, the you know the the original is so grounded in reality, you feel yeah. like everything is 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 happening, and then 
I can't believe anything. And it's so cartoony. It was like a, it was a cocaine fueled <laughs> film. <laughs> it, must have been. it must have been. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I feel like because it's the 80s, people just said, you know what? We have to have a horror movie. You know, we have to make one again. Like if it was part of a franchise or even if it wasn't, it's like I felt like every horror movie producer, director had to have a film in the 80s. And that's why they said, you know, let's make a Texas Chainsaw too. But I don't know. I just felt like they should have just followed the, the same format from the original. Yeah. Like you said, too, it should have been that raw feel to it. And when you think Texas Chainsaw, that's what I want to that's what I want to feel. You know, I want to feel like it's real. You know, yeah, and yeah, I agree with you with that. With I think that's something that that studios just have a, a hard time with, though, is making something that feels that real. I don't know. It's because they gloss everything and they really polish everything, you know, to make it look high end, right? So, I don't know. I think I think that's why studios just shouldn't make Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. It's, yeah, because it shows. It shows. It got, shows. Nobody got it right. How many? Right. Years? <laughs> and then we got the uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I remember growing up seeing the trailer of Leatherface like in front of the lake and the chainsaw yep. gets thrown out. Um, I actually like that. Like that's probably one of my favorite, my, probably my favorite sequel of the franchise. Did you enjoy that one? I enjoyed elements of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I probably like it more than part two. Yeah. I, I do like that they went, kind of more of a serious tone for the most mm-hmm. of it i wish yeah. it was more consistent throughout the film you know there's that scene where leatherface is what was he doing on that uh on that uh, uh not not a jukebox but something like that where he picks everything to be meat like everything oh picks, yeah like, yeah it was that um, was just speaking, the speaking spell and it comes yeah. up with down and he puts like food or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just well, I guess that's all he knows. Thing, you know, you know? Yeah. I liked the look of him. Um, plus it was Viggo Mortensen's first uh, movie yeah. role. Um, and then I remember my junior year of high school, we got the ever so pleasant Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, which <laughs> oh, yeah. watching the previews, I'm <laughs> like, they, they had like the original sound effects. I'm like, yeah this is going to be good and i'm like what the crap is this and this came this came um this came out like matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger like they made this before days and confuse obviously days mm-hmm. and confuse made matthew mcconaughey a, a big name and then big he went name. on to be what he is and then now. jerry Maguire made the uh, renee yeah zellweger, renee zellweger. So, they they might it's might have been not, days and confused making and i think <laughs> And I think on Renee <laughs> Zellweger's IMD profile, she doesn't even have the film on her credit. Oh, wow. uh, the film was pure garbage. I don't even. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking you think the same thing, or do you like it? No, I don't. I don't. But it it is almost to the point where you could say it's so bad it's good. Yeah. Almost to that point. Yeah, I don't I even probably, remember the kills in the film. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. there was no chainsaw kills in the entire yeah. film. How do you call a, a film Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. when there's not a single kill? With a chance, in fact, Leatherface, I think, only has one kill in that entire film. Hmm, I think he's only that's on that's 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 blasphemic, I think, too. Yeah, but again, it's almost so bad it's good, but not. I wish I could say it's it's you know that it is, it's not quite there. Mm -hmm. I probably find it a little bit more enjoyable though than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah, okay, you know. I don't know. There's even even though it's 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 probably a worse film than, than Texas Chainsaw 
Massacre 2, but right. there's a little bit more easy to watch about it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Leatherface was terrible in that one, though. I mean, yeah. Leatherface was yeah. terrible in both of those movies, but... Yeah. Um, all right, and then in 03, we got the reboot. The reboot. Uh, are you a fan of that? I'm a fan of it. Are you a fan? Let me say this about the reboot, about the 2003 remake. I was super super hyped for that movie when it when it came out uh this was before i ever had the internet or anything like that and I, all i had to go off of was the, the tv trailers on my tv so when i saw those t when i saw the tv trailer and i heard J john larroquette's narration that was like mm -hmm. i was like oh my god they've done it they've done it they've they i actually believe they're making something scarier than the original so i think my expectations got too high with that film they mm -hmm, just got mm -hmm. you know i raised them too too much and i was first in line at the theaters to go see it and when that movie starts man it's good i love the opening of that film the yeah opening the, the is please scene yeah it sets up the, it sets up what should be the most terrifying film of all time if they would have nailed the rest of the movie <laughs> so that's <laughs> well i think the, what, the, what they did get right is having jessica beale in a tight white tank top you know yep, perfect <laughs> you know if you're not if you're not gonna nail the 70s look outfit then you may as well do that that's yeah. that's that's the thing i mean yeah. that was an issue i had with the well, film was the costume design was just nothing like the 70s and no no it was like <laughs> they went to old navy when old navy was having a retro yeah. you know week or something <laughs> um and then i think like two years later we got the prequel with jordana brewster but actually this back up I think what made what I enjoyed about the remake and the prequel to the remake is Arlie Ermey. Arlie Ermey was pretty yeah. darn good, which yeah. is also, but it's also a flaw though too, because Arlie Ermey was terrifying in the remake. He was more, he was scarier than Leatherface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to me, Leatherface should be your your yeah. your scariest villain, but Arlie Ermey stole the show, especially in the that scene in the back of the van. Yeah, like yeah. Interrogating the uh, yeah. It was good performances from both of those those actors. I'll mm -hmm. say that if there's one mm -hmm. of the younger actors, I believe the performance of it was that guy, the nerdy guy with the glasses. Guys, he's not. The rest, of, them, yeah. the rest yeah. of the young cast, bleh, for all my yeah, I yeah. Even just even Jessica Biel. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, she's good to look at, but man, I don't like her acting in that movie. It felt very forced to me. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, but well, it was like her. It was her. I'm done seventh heaven. Let me make yeah. this horror movie. <laughs> um, and then we have the prequel, which I like the setting. It's against like the Vietnam War and you know, uh mm -hmm. him wanting to be a draft dodger, and you get to know like really how like the family a little bit. Um there's one actor that I really enjoy and I wish he had more screen time, Lee Turgenson, who played the biker. Uh, oh, who was yeah, going after okay. his girlfriend? I wish he had more screen time because he was great in Oz. I love him in Oz. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a great HBO series. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. so uh, I wish he had more screen time, and I felt like he went out like a little bitch. I mean, we knew everyone. <laughs> we knew everyone was there was going to be no survivors. We automatically oh, yeah. knew that. Um, and then we get to I think 2012, maybe. Yeah, Texas I think it's three day or 2013, whatever. Yeah, Texas three day. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D. The, the the thing that really irked me was the timeline wasn't consistent. Everybody is irked about that. Yes. And, and yes, it's a flaw, 
but a I, major you know flaw. what I find you know what I find more irked about that movie the acting the dialogue do your thing cuz yeah <laughs> I, this that was some of the worst acting and some of the worst dialogue I'd ever heard and, yeah. and some of the plot points you know it's they pick up that hitchhiker and then they leave him at the mansion that she just just unsupervised yeah, he's a yeah. shady looking dude like the dude was obviously shady and they just kind of leave him there. Oh yeah, he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> leave him there by himself. Like, no, he's not shady at all. But he was totally shady. I don't know. See, like, yeah, <sighs> this, with the timeline, it takes place like forty years after the original. Alexander Diario is like mid twenties. The cell phones don't yeah. line up. You know, I mean, everything oh, I was garbage, and it is know. bad. But you know what? I can kind of, I personally can see past that kind of stuff a little bit. Whereas I, I can't. I can't get I can't get past bad dialogue and bad yeah. acting and, and yeah. bad plot points. I just I just can't. And you know what? Even the the beginning of that film kind of bugs me a little bit. Because I, I like that it's they get the set look and everything right mm-hmm. and it's like right after the original movie. But grandpa's makeup looks nothing like the original. Yeah. And Leatherface's mask looks nothing like the they look off and it just like where did they where did they put that all that money like if yeah when you have millions of dollars into the 3d they can't nail the look properly right. they can't nail grandpa's look like he was in the original they can't nail Leatherface's look like they like he was in the original you should like it bothers me that i see cosplayers online doing Leatherface that looks more like Leatherface than that did you know it, it's yeah you know, yeah these co- some of these cosplayers are spot on with their looks you know yeah it's, exactly so, um and then i think 2017 maybe 17. was was Leatherface which was like Leatherface. A, a pre another prequel but to the original 74 which I watched kind of as like a background filler, you know, I wasn't really paying attention. Our buddy <laughs> Sean Telepo, who runs 80s Horror Lounge on Facebook, he's like a diehard uh, Texas Chainsaw fan. And he's the one who told me, well, the I think the three characters were actually younger versions of um, the hitchhiker, Leatherface, obviously Leatherface, and then um, the barbecue guy. I was yeah. like, oh, sh- oh, wow, I didn't know that. I got to go back and watch it. I don't even remember anything about it. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah. this is this is how i sum up that movie they took the script from the godfather cut it down changed michael corleone's name to leatherface and all the other <laughs> characters names to. and it's because uh, i mean the the storyline is essentially the same it's the same same care it's the same character arc mm-hmm. leatherface has the same character arc as michael corleone did in the godfather and do you really think that that's a good character arc for Leatherface? I just, I, I don't get it. I don't. And they, it, it, you know, that plot twist about, about who's who's actually Leatherface. I mean, right. it, was, it was so obvious. Yeah. It was so yeah. obvious. Yeah. I don't know. And it's just things that don't make sense to me. You know, there's just so many things that, like, I want to like characters. Like, there was that main girl in there that you want to root for her. Mm-hmm. And she climbs in this cow with him to hide from the cops. You know, they in that dead cow carcass. They're inside that dead cow carcass to hide from the cops. And like five minutes after they get out of the out of the cow carcass, she's running to the cops saying, "Please help me! Please help me!" Like it didn't make sense. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you? Why would have you got in that cow carcass in the first place? So, 
just little things like that really bug me. I don't, I don't, I yeah. don't know. And they probably uh, don't bug most people, but they bug me. Well, for <laughs> someone who's like a, you know, a fanatic for the franchise, you know, yeah. And then, yeah, and plus you are a filmmaker yourself, so you have that attention and detail. Uh, so lastly, we have the newest installment coming out next. Well, by the time this releases, it'll probably be already out on Netflix, really? okay. um, which I think what takes place, well, it's a follow-up again, but 40 mm-hmm. years after. Now, are you a little concerned that it was going to get theatrical and then they put it on a streaming service? Well, yeah. I mean, that's always a bit of a concern. They did the same thing with Leatherface, the yeah. last one. Um, so, I mean, it, it's definitely a concern. But what's more concerning is that you know we've heard, I've heard the plot of this movie. I don't oh, you man. know I've, the, the the plot was leaked online. I haven't. No. What, what is the plot? So I mean, Sally's back in it. You know, is mm-hmm. kind of, they're kind of copying Halloween twenty eighteen. Okay. And, you know, they did bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back. Let's bring Sally okay. back, and Sally's out for revenge. All that kind of stuff. Um, okay. So that's part. I mean, there's a lot of stuff t- that that was leaked. Uh, uh i believe if you want to if you want to get the full breakdown because it, it was leaked from a screener basically from a mm-hmm. from a screener and um um this person leaked it to a youtuber uh mr h reviews and mm-hmm. he basically said read the whole email that he got on his youtube channel mm-hmm. and he talked about it there is a lot of weird stuff that it sounds like is happening now is it true probably Okay. I don't think you could make a lot of that that stuff up. Yeah, I don't think you could. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's and just, you know, they filmed it in Bolivia or Bulgaria. Bulgaria. They Bulgaria. Both, I didn't they know Bulgaria both the last two Texas. In Bulgaria. <laughs> it doesn't oh, really. really. Okay. I mean, maybe more so than other places, but it doesn't really. And they leaked some of those online photos or whatever. They or they. They shared some of those. I'm like, that doesn't look like Texas, you know. Why would you? And I just don't know why they would share images of a town in Bulgaria because I mean, the European structures are so different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know. let's get into the question. So you're filming the movie in Texas. You're giving us that feeling. Talk about the scouting for that. How did you come across Ooh. where you're filming at? Well, some of it's not even totally locked down, by the way. Um, but a lot of how I've been able to find locations is uh, reaching out to a lot of different Facebook groups because uh, there's every little town, uh, not every little town, but a lot of the little towns do have their own Facebook groups, their own you know community forums and stuff like that. So I've been making master posts saying, hey, I'm looking for this, looking for this, looking for this. And uh, for the most part, you know, I've I've done fairly well. Again, I still have a couple I need to lock down, but uh, we found some pretty pretty cool locations so far. And one we found, but we haven't locked down. I I'm like dying to share an image of it because it just it's it's the creepiest house I've seen in Texas so far. Mm, nice. It's just we can't figure out who owns it. Uh, <laughs> We're in know, Texas. Uh, where in Texas, in, in the just north of Austin, in a little town called Bartlett. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, talk to us about casting. How did you acquire your talent? Ooh, more Facebook groups. Okay. <laughs> and some and some online agencies and stuff like that. A lot of auditions. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to get the majority of the cast in place before I even did a crowdfunding campaign or anything mm-hmm. like that. I wanted to have you know 
the the core of the cast uh, locked in. So I did a lot of auditions. I worked with a couple different casting directors, one here in Canada and one down in Texas. So it was it was a long process. I mean, it's uh, it's something I take very seriously because I know exactly what I want from each character. Uh, did end up casting a couple actors who were SAG and not knowing all the uh, SAG rules. So uh -huh. I did end up losing those actors. But you know, you you know, one door closes, another one opens. When we lost those two actors, I got a message from Ed Neal, who played the Hitchhiker in the original. Mm, nice, because I had messaged him like a year ago, and he—I guess he doesn't check his messages too often, sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, but just saying, hey, would you like a cameo in our film, and we'll pay you and all that kind of stuff. And he he reached out back finally just after I lost these two actors and saying, yes, Steve, I would be interested. So. Mm -hmm. Have you um, um, met him at a con or anything? No, I've never yeah. met him before. How, the how, only person I really met sort of was John Dugan as grandpa. Okay. okay. And I just um, met him over video chat. <laughs> how is the how is the hitchhiker talking to him? Is he like is all I know of him is from Texas Chainsaw? Like, how is he as an older man? Is he like can haven't actually met him yet? I just uh, okay, it was just, just Facebook. Me We've just okay. chatted over Messenger. Oh, okay. A yeah, he gotcha. just got the he just got the script like two or three days ago. So oh, nice. Uh, I don't even know okay. if he's read the script yet. Um, but yeah, we had to get an LOI si signed mm -hmm. just to get him on IMDb and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's exciting. It's the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that he's going to be in since the original. He wow. hasn't been in any of that's them. Huge. In any yeah. Way. yeah, yeah. So that's pretty huge. It's that's, horror history. As and far as I'm yeah, concerned. that's. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> if you're thinking about it, like the core the majority of the core uh actors or actresses have passed away marilyn burns um yeah. obviously the Gunner gentleman Hansen. that gutter hansen um franklin yeah. i believe the guy that played the barbecue whatever his name is yeah Jim yes. Cito, yeah. yeah so i think uh yeah the woman that played pam's still alive yep she's um, still alive she's i don't retired, know though i offered yeah. her a part too and she's like no okay. i'm fully retired she, she's oh, okay. good at responding on facebook she's a lot faster than ed ed was but oh uh, yeah she's very active on facebook Terry is a lovely lovely woman but yeah she was like no i don't act anymore i'm fully retired i just i couldn't do it not even a cameo so uh, i was okay you gotta with figure that. How, yeah. how old was that movie you're talking like what um yeah it's getting Jesus. close to 50 yeah, years almost 50 years yeah, yeah. like 74 i think it came out right? yeah 74 so yeah 2024 50 years yeah, forty-eight years. Oh, yeah. All right, Jimmy, get on at fiftieth anniversary. Ah, uh, see, we, <laughs> we'll yeah, who's to gonna who, who are we gonna bring? There's uh, not many people, uh, you know, unfortunately. Well, we can bring we can get Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> have a little screen or to him. Definitely. I have mean, you, you know, have also, you been to the gas station yet? I haven't. You know, I I hope to get a chance to go there. I was originally actually that was one of the locations I wanted to film at because in the script it it isn't it. It is a location in our script. Okay. And I've had, because they, the owners are insistent on not having any filming done there. Mm -hmm. I've had to kind of change my script a little bit to imply that it's a different location, you yeah, know, but yeah. there, that was the only location from the original that I wanted to have in my movie. Yeah. So it's unfortunate we can't get that, but, uh, but. Uh, and they got little <laughs> events over there uh, throughout the year, actually, sometimes they have yeah, meet and greets with that. the. You know, some of the talent, not only from the Texas Chainsaw movies, but from, uh, you know, other horror franchises. Yeah. Like even Friday 13th, I think they just had C.J. Graham and uh, Bob Elmore. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, CJ's been out there a couple of times, so yeah, yeah. which is a weird combination, you know. Yeah. Like we got to bring him up here, T- Texas Chainsaw, up to Blairstown, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go. But, <laughs> I mean, so did you reach out to the gas station? I did. Yeah. I reached out to the gas station originally, and they told me no. And then I looked for connections to people that know the gas station and met this connection. He said, I'll talk to them. And he came back a couple days later. No, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so it's solid. Met, it's another, met another person online that is like, oh, we're really, really tight with the owners of the gas station. You know, <laughs> but, okay. And, and they came back another few days later saying, sorry, looks like there's just no way they're going to do it. It's, you know, I'm it's, just curious why. I, I don't yeah. know. I just want to keep maybe the history. Probably because it. if they let one person, then everyone's going to want to film. Gonna go that's yeah. kind of the same. That's kind of what it sounds like. So, I mean, I mean, I was willing to pay them and, you know, all that kind of you stuff. You would think know, they, you know, I, if I was make money on that. Prop, yeah. Like if I own Camp Nobi Bosco, which was Camp Crystal Lake, um, Dude, I have like if I won the lottery, I would buy from the Boy Scouts and I would make it into like an Airbnb, you know, like the money you think about that. I mean, oh man, the the it's like endless opportunities of what you can do with it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So what is your I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I am hogging all of Steve. <laughs> no, <laughs> listen, worry. it's why it's why listen, Brian, I know you've been You've been waiting for this, and, and so have I, but I know you've yeah. been really excited about this fan film because, you know, we hear a lot of fan films from Friday the 13th, but we don't hear a lot of Texas Chainsaw uh, fan we films. So this, is, this is pretty big, Steve, and the fact that you're going back to the roots, and I feel like just listening to you now, this is going to be something special because, like, you know what you're looking for. You know the history of it. I think, I don't know, I think we got something special on our hands mm-hmm. here, but I got to ask you, you know, the movie itself, right? It's funded uh, by the fans on Indiegogo. Talk to us about that process and raising those funds and the perks. That has been an adventure. Uh, I mean, we started our first Indiegogo campaign back in August of 2020, 2020. And it took me a long time just to get to get to that because I was casting and making sure our teaser, our trailer looked good enough and all that kind of stuff, even though we filmed it in Canada. Um, So we did that. I had never really done an Indiegogo before. I mean, I had tried once a long time ago, but I didn't know anything. I I didn't, I mean, I basically was a set it and forget it kind of thing, but you know, so this was my first kind of serious Indiegogo and it was a learning experience. It, 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 it did okay. Our first Indiegogo did okay, but it should have done a lot better. And so I just regrouped and I just kind of started networking a little bit more, talking to more people, uh, getting advice and you know we did our second indiegogo campaign in march of last year um yeah march of the last year march to march to april did a lot better did quite a bit better uh still didn't hit our goal so i mean our first campaign we raised around 4k us our second campaign i think we raised about 12k us so it was okay. three times better. It was about three times better, but you know, I still it wasn't enough to get get the, get the production to Texas. Mm. So I said, okay, we're gonna try this one more time. <laughs> try this one more time. And uh, somebody said, do a pre-launch that that can build a lot more uh, behind it. I did that, so that helped. I did collect a bunch of new emails and stuff from that, so that that was good. 
And uh, we just did, I just did a 30 day campaign because I just didn't have a lot of time over the summer to, to, uh, to really promote because it takes a lot of promotion. Like when I'm, when I'm running a campaign, I'm posting like three, four or five times a day on all my social media platforms, you know, different things, you know, from, uh, you know, promoting, uh, having little promos, like deals that we're having and, and uh, live events that we're doing, all that kind of stuff. So, so it's a lot of work. It's, it's definitely a full-time job, no matter what way you look at it. No, anybody who's going to run a, a Indiegogo campaign and isn't going to look at it like it's a full-time job, you're making a mistake. It's a full-time job. You gotta, you gotta really put lots into that Indiegogo. A lot, a lot of work it's, goes into that, man. Oh, it's, yeah. it's nonstop promotion. I always say this: it you can never get enough promotion. You know, you got to yeah. keep all platforms. You got to utilize it, especially social media. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, honestly, man, it's, it's the way to go right now. You know, thank God we have some of these platforms to do. Uh, yeah, what we exact, do, exactly. You know? Exactly. We're actually lucky that we have 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 this media now that we can, uh, you know, promote on. So. Imagine word of mouth, Steve. You're going around Canada. Listen, I got, <laughs> I got a film over here. You're walking into those stores like those watch salesmen or something like that. Oh, Listen, I got a film here, guys. You know, trying to raise funds like that back. I don't know how they did it back in the day. I mean, well, yeah, granted, they, they did like, somehow. I mean, you got to be a good salesman, I guess. And yeah. Some yeah. people are good salesmen yeah. and some people aren't, you know, and, yeah. the, you know. Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes work ethic doesn't really have a lot to do with it. You just have to be a good salesman and yeah. have the connections. Uh, you know, I had to kind of build this from the ground up. You know, I didn't have the connections and all that stuff when I, when I started all this. So I have a lot more connections now than I did before, but you know, I had to really work for it. It was a lot of, a lot of work, but I think that, I think the good thing about it is even though, you know, we still have a pretty small budget towards our film. You know, at this time, it's looking like our budget's around twenty-seven thousand uh, dollars. It'll probably get up a little bit more, but you know, uh, hopefully, we can get it up to at least thirty k. Well, that's—I mean, that's still not a bad budget, you know. It's, you know, it seems like it's not a bad budget, but you know, eh, for an indie film, it's not a bad budget. But if you knew some of the stuff I had to uh, that we want to do in this film, you know, there's just, yeah. I, oh yeah. I get it. I, yeah. You know, I'm dying there's to know, Steve. I know you can't even unveil it right now. I mean, some <laughs> of the stuff that's going on here, but now you got me like wanting to see this. I want to see the script, want to see what's going on here. Well, there you go. Well, the, the script is available on, on our Indiegogo. There you go. <laughs> oh, there it is. I'm signing you up. Get a you can get a fit. Now, if you wanted to, I can send you a digital copy for now. If you wanted, if you really wanted the script now, but uh, if you, if you what are the perks? Work... Talk to us about the perks. Like, what do we oh, got? Man, there's tons. Yeah, because uh, I'm hearing strips. What else? There's so, uh, yeah, well, we've got Blu rays, DVDs, and VHS. Those are all, I mean, the Blu rays the most popular, but uh, of those, but uh, those are, those are popular. We got t shirts, we've got posters, we've got hoodies. Uh, we have both screen use masks and replica masks. Now, most of the screen use masks have sold. Those cost a pretty penny because we have to have them molded ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to make these life casts and stuff like that. It's a huge pro process, but the the replicas are a little bit cheaper. Uh, but they're still they're still not cheap because we're using high high end silicone to make these. Who's um realistic. who's the uh, mask designer for Leatherface's mask? Uh, we're the SFX artist we're using is uh, Stephanie S. Camila of Skin Deep SFX, based out of San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so do you plan on doing like a, a post-production Indiegogo? 
I don't know if I'll just be able to leave this one up or not, but uh, you know, I might, I, it's, that's a tough one. I might just leave the one up we have now and see how we do. I would mm-hmm. like to raise more funds for post-production because otherwise I'm going to be editing this on my laptop. <laughs> not that I can't do it, but uh, I'd rather not be the editor. Right. Not yeah. all guys. I'm, I'm telling you, a terrible editor, but you know, <laughs> Steve, let me tell you something about editing, man. It's it bittersweet. I hate editing, Steve. I'll tell you right now, I hate it. It's like once, <laughs> but once it's all done, it's like it's a beautiful masterpiece. Yeah. But the process, mm-hmm. I'm pulling out whatever hair I have left, Steve. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even even just like it the episodes, sometimes you're trying to cut some things out, but it, it you know it takes a lot of patience and you oh, know definitely. a lot of time editing. If I have to do it, I have to do it. But I, I would ideally like to raise at least a, a few thousand more for post-production um, just so that I can get I, – I would like to get the DP to edit it because he's mm-hmm. an editor as well. And it, it's always great when you have your director of photography being able yeah. to edit it because he really knows the look and everything that uh, of the film. And, uh, who is your DP? Uh, we're using Charlie Brady of uh, Brady Media. Brady okay. Media, he's based out of Arkansas. Okay. And he just shot he just shot a Jason fan film. <laughs> which love, shot, which uh, fan film? Voorhees Night of the Voorhees uh, Night of the Jason versus uh Bigfoot. Yeah, yes, that's, gonna be an, that's gonna be an interesting That'll one. Be interesting. Yeah. Coming out May. I just uh, had the year. I just had the director on my show actually. Okay. On my uh YouTube channel. So oh, very uh, nice. he's a great guy. He's actually I and I read I didn't get to read all of his script for that, but uh, mm-hmm. I read about half of it and I it was well written. I'll just say okay. that. It was very well written, so it could be a, up for a surprising film. With hey, that you know, it's you're adding something fresh to an oversaturated uh, market right now. So, yeah. you know, I'm a fan of the franchise. I'll watch any fan film, uh, you know, just to watch it. I may not like it, but it's given us something, especially in the Friday world, because we had, well, the lawsuit just ended, but, you know, it's been yeah. going on for four years. All right, Jimbo, are you ready to get the two-minute drill going? Oh, yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. Well, the question is, Steve, are you ready? Sure. So check we'll this see. out. I we got, we got a little never, segment. I, I'll just say that <laughs> I suck at these types of things. Uh, I'm never ready for these types of well, things. Well, we, uh, um, we had David Howard Thornton of Art the Clown Terror Fryer. He is the only one in the, in the year that we've been doing this that <laughs> – ended it just at the last he, oh, question one question left one yeah. question left it was unreal man but maybe, maybe you might be able to time. top uh david howard thornton oh, who knows that's not no pressure if i get anything i'll i'll be happy <laughs> all well, right listen, check this out it, it's two minutes it's random questions it's there's no right or wrong it's the best steve merlo answer brian you ready to all rock right. said yeah. that time three two one go Favorite horror icon? Leatherface. Favorite slasher? I'm going to say Black Christmas. Weapon of choice? See, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm going to say Meat Cleaver. Okay. okay. Uh, to remake or not to remake? Not to remake. Dark Alley in New York City. Who do you want to have your back can be anybody um, anybody you want. want darth vader okay <laughs> dun, dun dun all right best horror personality best horror personality oh god see i suck at these oh. i'm gonna 
Uh, the hitchhiker from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> okay. 80s or 90s horror? 90s. Favorite psychological horror movie? Probably Black Christmas. <laughs> Scariest horror movie you've seen? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Best horror voice? John Larroquette. <laughs> Universal monster of choice? Frankenstein's monster. Finish the line. All work and no play. Makes Jack a doll boy. Man, it's been a long <laughs> yep. time. Wes Craven or John Carpenter? John Carpenter. Favorite Halloween? Halloween. Favorite original Friday the 13th? The original Friday the 13th. <laughs> best, horror, best horror movie score or theme? Oh... I want to say Halloween, but yeah, I'm going to say Halloween on that one. Time. Okay, yeah, you had quite a few left, but listen, you were moving. You are moving a little bit over there, but some of these questions. I, did, I got a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I got a couple other ones I'll just throw in there just to ask you. Um, so who do you think is the ultimate scream queen? Marilyn Burns. Mm. Without a doubt, it's not Jamie Lee Curtis, guys. Everybody, I know. Everybody I love her. I love too. Jamie Lee Curtis, but... Yeah, you know, if you're watching her portrayal, hers looked like she was really going through some shit. <laughs> you know, that's the it, difference to me. It is yeah. yeah. Whereas like, Jamie Lee Curtis in the original Halloween really listened to her Jamie Lee Curtis's screams in that. It's kind of oh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of, it feels forced when you you know exactly. <laughs> it does that yeah. times, yeah. So um, as we stated earlier, you're from Canada. Can you recommend any good Canadian horror films to our viewers? Black Christmas. <laughs> Listen, That's, Black Christmas. That is my number two. That is my number two favorite horror film after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Now I guess it's kind of half Canadian, half American, because it was a Canadian company that originally funded it, I think. But Warner Brothers bought distribution. Mm -hmm. It was filmed in Canada, but they tried to make it look American. They put American flags in it and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But I, I mean, ultimately, that's a Canadian film. I don't care what anybody says. That's a Canadian film. Okay. Yeah. You know, All right, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. I want to make Bob it Bob Clark. The OG, not the remake. Not, neither, not the two neither remakes. Neither remake. There's two remakes. <laughs> They're both garbage. We talk oh, about God. 74, I believe, right? Black yeah. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Same year. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. There it is. Coincidence? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a coincidence. But, you know, it's, hey, 74, best year of horror. <laughs> Ten years from now, where is Steve Marlowe? Uh, I don't like to make those predictions, man. I never, uh, ever like to. I, I like. I am just one of those guys that likes to. I like to just kind of see where things go. I don't. Yeah. I don't want like to set up expectations. I'm going to be further than I am now. That's the best I can. That's the best kind of answer that I can give. Yeah. I'm going to be further than I am now. Okay. So I'll take uh, it. do you. Do you have any words or advice for anyone looking to create their own fan film? Yes, just go do it. Try to get as much advice from people in the industry as you can, but don't be afraid to do it. Just don't be, don't 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 let uh, your your uh, your um, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? I'm so bad with vocabulary these days. As I get older, my vocabulary sucks. <laughs> uh, 
Don't let your self-doubt, self-doubt, I think that's what I was going for. Don't let any of your self-doubt stop you from from making a film, you know, because uh, I I feel like I kind of got into it late in the game. I kind of wish I had started, you know, making films in my 20s or something like that, you know. Uh, ever since I, because ever since I saw the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre back in 2003, ever since I saw that remake, that's when the idea started to come to me. And I just didn't really do anything about it mm-hmm. until, you know, nearly 10 years later, you know, so I didn't start anything till nearly 10 years later. And, uh, and finally now, 20 years later, almost now, uh, I'm, hopefully going to make the fan film that uh that i've truly been wanting to make well you know it's funny because um you said earlier that it was halloween that got you into a horror genre so why texas chainsaw why not halloween you know as i've gotten older i think I, i i started to grow more of appreciation for for texas chainsaw massacre is it because me, all the I'm, sequels just absolutely sucked and you, you had to do something different? There was a little bit <laughs> that was a little bit to do with it though. The, 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 you're I mean, maybe <laughs> you meant that as a bit of a joke, but that yeah. has a little to do with it. I just I can't believe they keep missing the mark that mm. like so badly, like on all these sequels. And the remake, I say the remake because the remake had the most potential. There was so much potential in that, but certain things just wreck it for me. Just yeah. little things in that movie just really, really wreck it for me. You know, the moment Sweet Home Alabama wrecks it for me. The moment <laughs> that song comes on, it's like, well, we've changed our we've changed the movie now. It's not the same movie that we were seeing at this beginning. Uh Sweet Home Alabama didn't even come out in 1973. So that I mean it's I, I was always saying wondering that when I was watching it. I'm like, Sweet Home Alabama even <laughs> song back then? And I even looked it up when, you know, Wikipedia you know, later in life. Uh, and it's like, oh, no, it was released in 74. So it was close. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, those little things bothered me. And I just I never felt like the biggest the biggest crime of that movie is it doesn't feel like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like you need a movie that's that feels like it's time period uh, yeah. as well as possible. And I hope that's that's my biggest fear about doing what I'm doing. It's going to be tough to ca- capture the mid '60s. I really hope we can pull it off. Like, yeah, I, I think don't, I don't the even hardest. Think, yeah, the <laughs> hardest part is like getting the if you have vehicles in the shots, you know, finding the vintage vehicles. That's can be you know difficult. Um, it can be expensive. I was getting quotes yeah. from people yeah. with vintage vehicles. Uh, thankfully, one of the locations that we booked that I managed to book. And I actually reached out to this guy because his profile picture had a vintage vehicle in it. And and when I reached out to him, he's like, I'll help you out with vehicles from that time period. And he's uh we're probably saving thousands of dollars. Oh, of awesome. Oh, thank, thank God. Yeah. So they're not free, but they're as close Cheaper. to free as you're gonna hey, get. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, but if he's giving you a discount or whatever. You take, you know, take it. It's, it's, take that, the disc. You, you can put that money and put it towards something else. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. If filming all goes well, um, there's no hiccups. What is your projected uh, release date? Projected release date would be probably around uh, Halloween of this year. Awesome. Oh, nice. Okay. That would be projected. Okay. You never know. What, you know, you never know how post production goes. And yeah. again, if I'm the one editing this 
Maybe it will. <laughs> Halloween of next Bye year, guys. The editor. Halloween of 2023 instead of 2022. No, I mean, I mean, that's the goal. I mean, originally I wanted this movie out by the summer, but we were hoping to film like September of last year. Uh, and that didn't happen because of COVID mostly. Uh, so, you know, I think we can get it ready. I think if, if, uh, if we have a good post-production team, we will be able to get it ready by Halloween. And nice. hopefully a teaser. I would hope to get a teaser by early summer, a uh, full trailer by the end of summer. That That's the goal. Teaser by like June and full, full trailer by like August and then movie released in October. If, if we can. Well, I'm I looking think. forward to it, Stephen. O'Brien <laughs> is as well. Uh, I do want to give you the floor right now. If there's anything, uh, that you want to say, and of course, if the, you want to plug your social media, where can the listen uh, listeners and viewers find and follow you and support this film, The Sorry Massacre? Well, we're all over social media, especially active on Facebook. There's both a page and a group in Facebook, The Sawyer Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film. Uh, pretty active on Instagram as well at uh, Chainsaw underscore Sawyer. Um, I'm not quite as active on my YouTube as, a, as I would like to be, but uh, you can look up Meat Mungus Merlot for uh, all your wonderful <laughs> horror content. <laughs> I do live streamings, live streams uh, from time to time. I want to, I, I like to do it like once a week, but I can't seem to keep up with that these days. I'm just so busy with all the pre-production. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm on the Slasher app as well. I'm not quite as active on those, but uh, but I'm the Slasher I'm app was a great um app at the beginning but because i when i started cosplaying i wanted to you know share my stuff but i just feel like i got over just people were just sending me requests and it was like various people and i would share stuff but they never liked it i was like this is i don't know <laughs> it's really yeah it's really hard to engage people on the slasher app. yeah it's really yeah I mean, I do post my stuff from time to time. I maybe get like six or seven likes on the yeah. on my stuff. It's yeah. it's hard to see everybody's stuff. I mean, you because you're adding so many friends and you just get get lots and lots of friends. Mm-hmm. But you get lost in all the friend requests. You know, <laughs> I think if I log back into it, I would probably have like all these friend requests. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a pretty cool, ingenious thing that the guy did. And you know, maybe I'll log back in just to see. You know, I think there's I some know. kinks he has to work out. Yeah, I still have problems with it drops out on me a lot i mm-hmm, find mm-hmm. i have to reboot it or something like yeah all the time um but steve oh, always know. feel free to share um the sawyer massacre on our page you know we'll share it uh we'll help you maybe help get, by us sharing we'll get you a couple more clicks on the indiegogo and possibly some more perks purchased uh because like i said uh you know we're both excited to see your product it's always new to have something fresh in the fan film world yeah well i really appreciate that i really appreciate you guys having me on sorry it took so long to make hey. this happen but hey let's run the hol- it was holidays we're all busy oh, yeah. but we got you on so you know we got you on and we, we would love to have you on afterwards too well you know? let's yeah make, let's make that yeah. happen for sure yeah get you and some of the cast members on you know that would be so, great uh yeah. i think some of the cast members and i are going to be doing something next saturday on the 22nd uh just on our in our facebook group we'll be doing a bit of a live in there so check that out that out if you can as well mind you yeah, when this sure. airs when this airs it'll be long past that but yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> well yeah, steve are sure. you hitting up any of the any of the conventions over here in the states 
I would like to. I haven't yet, but man, I would like to. We don't get a lot of conventions here in Canada. And of course, with COVID now, it's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough. But uh, I really hope I can in the future after, after I make this movie. I, I really love to get to, down to some of those, uh, those cons down there and, and uh, talk and, you know, set up a horror booth or something or, or anything sort of mask or any feel other Feel free if you want to mail some pro- promotional, if you have postcards or something, we'll sure. put it out at our booths. You know, we, uh, we have our event going on in May in Blairstown. We can oh, awesome. know, we can put it up there. Like uh, uh, we're going to be vending hopefully in April at NJ HorrorCon. So yeah, we'd be April, happy to, March, April, May. Yeah. You know, we'll be around. But anything awesome. you need uh, for our event, Steve, sure. like Brian said, um, you're more than welcome. Send us some stuff. We had a couple of events going on this uh, Friday 13th minicon happening in Blairstown. It should be you know pretty good. Get. I don't know, a couple, maybe a couple new people on board, you know, yeah, a- a- anything helps and whatever yeah. we can do to help you, man, we're here. Well, that's awesome. You guys, the support from the horror community, I just got to say has been phenomenal. Uh, you never know what things are going to be like when you do something creative like this, but uh, I got to give it up to the horror community. Everybody in the horror community has been super supportive and uh, it's, it's people like, like you guys and all the other people I've met so many now that uh, just keep me going forward with this and work harder and harder and harder just to make this really come to life. Well, listen, we appreciate you creating this and bringing this to life again. And, uh, and I know, I just hear it. I hear it, Steve. It's going to be something special. Like I said earlier, I can't wait for it. More than welcome to come back on the show. Guys, girls, horror heads, listeners out there, especially if you're viewing these three, I'm going to say three now, right? handsome individuals <laughs> with these melodious tones, piping through your speakerphone, please... Find, follow, do not stalk Mr. Steve Merlo. Check him out. Check out the Soya Massacre. Whatever you can do, any donation, doesn't matter. Anything helps this process to create something special for the fans of not only, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but horror fans in general. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time on the show. Uh, and horror heads, thank you for celebrating horror not only in October, but 365. We're going to see you next week.